Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be here with you. I'm so excited that we are continuing. We're actually wrapping up this worship series we've been on called Different, talking about how we can be different for Jesus, that we are actually not just encouraged to be different, but called by God to live differently, to be noticeable, to stand out, to be His, uh, his beacons of hope into a hurting and broken world. And, and if you're new here, uh, I just want you to know that you are welcome here. We are excited that you have chosen to join us, and we hope that you will partner with us because God is doing something powerful in this movement of the church. Uh, God is doing something powerful in us and through us in the community around us. God is making a difference, and we want to invite you to be a part of that because it's so awesome to be a part of what God is doing, to be blessed. And, and grow in relationship with God and in relationship with one another so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, so that we can make an impact in the world around us right here and right now, so that we can be God's people called by God's name, sent into God's world to love God's world back into relationship. And so I want to invite you, all of you on that journey, whether you're joining us here physically or you're online with us, you are invited to partner with us. Let's make a difference for Jesus Christ. And, and because we've been talking about different, we've been looking at this uh, through the lens of First Peter, which is a letter that Peter wrote. Um, and one of the things that is kind of a central theme of this message is persecution. That persecution exists, especially for those who follow Jesus. And so I want to I want to give you this word of hope. Uh, this is going to be the most encouraging message you never wanted to hear, uh, because it's going to encourage you to do things that that are different, that that are not what the world would encourage us to do. And so it's going to be something powerful. And, and my hope and my prayer is that God would use this message to touch our hearts, that God would use this message uh, that God has orchestrated so that we can be made more and more into the image of Jesus. And so when we talk about persecution, we need to remember Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Remember that I told you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. <laughs> this, again, is the most encouraging message that you never wanted to hear. Persecution is not something that we really want to be a part of because it's uncomfortable. It causes, uh, causes us to be out of harmony with, with the world around us. And so uh, we, we really want to find ways to, to ignore that or to not have that happen typically. And, and so it's important for us to remember that we are called to be different, that we're called to live differently, to love differently, and to allow the world to know that we're different. And one of the things we've been doing different uh, is that we've been uh, encouraging you to grab your Bible uh, while we're doing the reading of the Scripture and be a part of that. Uh, so I'm going to encourage you once again, go ahead and grab your Bible. We're going to be uh, taking a look at First Peter. 
Uh, it is all the way, uh, almost all the way to the very back of your Bible, and we're going to be in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. If you don't have a Bible, I just wanted to let you know that we want to get you one. We understand and believe that the Bible is uh, a way that you can connect with and, and understand in a new way uh, the Spirit of God moving in the world, and you, we want you to have access to that. So if you don't have one, let us know. We will send you one if you are here and you want one, they're on the back table right outside. And so we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, and we're going to start in verse 12. And it says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised by the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear the name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? If it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Friends, this is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And here's, here's what we've been doing that's been different. Uh, while, while you're uh, with one another, uh, we're going to do a finger wave this time where you wave fingers. Uh, and we're going to say, you are different when you are persecuted. Go ahead and give that a shot. If you're at home, uh, you can do it by yourself. It's okay. Nobody's going nobody's to judge you because you're there by yourself. So I just want to give us a moment. Find three people if you're by yourself, uh, you know, you can't find three people. So uh, find three people and just let them know that they're different when they're persecuted. Uh, when we continue in this, this story, like I said, 1 Peter is, is a letter that was written to the church uh, in Asia, the churches in Asia that was, were undergoing extreme persecution. Uh, Rome had started cracking down on the, the worship of Christ and of God through Jesus, and uh, they, they are really making a, an above and beyond call for persecution, and it was led by the emperor of Rome, which was a guy named Nero Caesar, and Nero was just an awful human being. He was just bad at being a human, and, and sometimes when I say that, people are like, well, I don't know about that. Nero murdered his mother, Nero murdered his first wife, and historians believe that he murdered his second wife. Nero burned down Rome uh, because he wanted to build and, and make a, a name for himself. Nero was not a great human being, and it was in that time that Nero begins this intense persecution of the church. Nero is, is so focused and focuses the hatred of himself and 
all of Rome on those who are outside of the norm, those who are following Jesus. And, and I think this message is valuable for us today because we are still, actually some say, that we are experiencing today and in our time, we are experiencing higher persecution than has ever existed in the history of the Christian movement, in the history of God's church. On average, 322 people are killed per month for their faith. 214 churches are destroyed, some of those in the United States. 772 acts of violence are perpetrated against Christ followers for their faith, not just by accident, but intentionally targeted for their faith. Here in the States, you may lose a job because of your faith. You may not be invited to come to a party or to some community events. Maybe you are excluded because of your faith. In other countries, you can be arrested because of your faith. You can be kicked out of community. You can be murdered because of your faith. When I had an opportunity to go to Ghana, I met a young man named Sumaila. Sumaila was impacted by the movement that was going on in the communities around him. Sumaila grew up in a Muslim village. His parents were Muslim, uh, and, and yet he had been traveling with us to all these different towns to act as an interpreter and help us to find locations where we could uh, hire people to build borehole wells. Borehole wells just go down deep enough that the water doesn't run out in the summer. And Samila watched what was going on and, and recognized something different in that. He recognized that God was moving in the communities where the water wells were put in, that God was powerful, and Samila wanted to be a part of that. And so at one of the borehole wells where we were committing it to the glory of God, Samila came up and asked us, hey, can I be baptized? And, and, and we were overjoyed. We baptized him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he was removed from the community that he grew up in. His family disowned him. His father told him he couldn't come home, and the village unwelcomed him into that community. He was forced to find a new place to live. Persecution is alive and well and overwhelming in our times. And sometimes we look at that and we wonder, God, where are you in this? Why would you allow your church to be persecuted? And we remember Jesus' words that if, if they persecute me, they're going to persecute you as well. So it shouldn't surprise you. Peter says it this way, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised about the things that are going on because it's what you should expect. If you are living faithfully for Christ, don't be surprised at opposition. And I think when, when Peter says at the fiery trials, he's using literal language. It's not like uh, some figurative fiery trial. Actually, what was happening in, in Rome is Nero was having Christians bound and covered in tar and pitch and, and then put up, erected on posts and then lit on fire. This was the original Roman candle was actually 
human Christians that were being burned to death for the entertainment of the world. And so when Peter is saying, don't be surprised that even your lives are forfeit because of your faith, because that's what happened to Jesus. Why would you be surprised? And I, 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 I want to dumb this down mostly for me, but I remember when I was a kid, I, I played Little League Baseball. And my first year, I remember this vehemently, my dad uh, was coaching the baseball team, and I was in right field. That's how bad I was. My dad was the coach, and I was in right field, because I just, I couldn't play ball. I wasn't very good. Uh, and so I would go out to right field, and not a lot happens in right field, and I was disengaged from the game. Actually, I got in trouble, because while the game is being played, Baseball is happening in front of me. Pitches are being thrown. Hits are being made. I was walking around in the outfield picking flowers. <laughs> I, was, I was not a threat to the opposite team. I wasn't, I, I wasn't somebody they were worried about. The other coaches were like, look at the kid out there picking flowers, right? I, I, I have recently been going to soccer games, and, and one of the things that gets me is, like, if you're sitting on the soccer, on the sideline, on the bench for soccer, uh, and you're over there flipping water bottles or, you know, taking selfies or doing whatever it is, you're not a threat to the opposite team. So why would the opposite team focus on you or care about you? They wouldn't. They wouldn't even notice you. But if you were in it, if you're on the sidelines rooting your team on and you're focused on that, if you're in the game and you are paying 100% attention and you are making the moves and trying to do all of the things that you're called to do, then the other team is going to notice you. And you're going to be targeted because they are concerned about you. The same is true for spirituality, for our relationship with God. If we are on the bench, not serving, not praying, not giving, not sharing, we are not a threat to the enemy. And so the enemy takes no note. It doesn't matter. One of the things that I was told when I first became Christian is be ready. Be ready because your faith is going to catch the attention of the enemy and, and the enemy is going to come after you. And, and it's so true because when we say, hey, I'm going to be serious. I'm going to get in the game. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing in the world. I'm going to be active in my faith. I'm going to give. I'm going to share my life with others. I'm going to care for others. I'm going to, I'm going to care for the poor and the broken. I'm going to let my life be an example for others others, the enemy takes notice. And so don't be surprised because Christianity isn't a playground where we're just running around flipping bottles or doing whatever. Christianity is a battleground for the lives and the very souls and people that we are surrounded by. And so we want to be a part of what God is doing. And again, it's the most encouraging message you never wanted to hear. Peter says, instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed. Be glad, be glad. 
Be very glad. That makes no sense. It, it, it isn't something that we can, we can understand on our own because when we suffer, when things are going wrong, our problem is that we want to get out of the way. And Jesus is saying, I, through Peter in this moment and before, I want you to be different even in the face of persecution. Even in the face of persecution. It's easy to seek comfort and ease. And, and typically, that's what we do. That's how we live. I, I mean, our friends come around and they're smoking or drinking or vaping, and we do it with them just to fit in. We hear people tell racist or sexist jokes, and we laugh right along with the crowd instead of stepping up and calling that out, even though we know it's wrong. We hide our faith just so we can fit in. So we aren't being noticed, so that we don't stand out, so that we're not being different. We want comfort. We want ease. But, but they're not found in blending in. That's, that's the issue, right? If we want comfort and ease and security, that's not found in blending in. That's found in pursuing God. If you pursue comfort, your life is empty. You have no purpose because you're just trying to be comfortable. But if you live boldly, if you pursue God, you move closer to Christ. This is what we've been invited to. This is why Jesus came, not so that we could have a little bit of Jesus added to our already good life, but so that we could have a brand new life in Jesus Christ. So seek God, live differently, so that we can be more like Jesus, so that we can love people where they are, so that we can be transformed by the presence of God. So that in that transformation, in those moments, we can draw near to God, draw near to others. We can stand out and live differently. Peter continues, so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. And trust your lives to the God who created you, for He will never fail you. He will never fail you. If you believe in God, if you truly believe in the story of Jesus, that Jesus was sent to restore relationship, that His life, death, and resurrection was to impact you, then live like it. Live different for Jesus. Abandon the idea of, of comfort now for an idea of glory in the presence of God later. Live like you believe that Jesus made all the difference in the world and that the act of his resurrection was the start of the building of the kingdom of God. Do what is right in the eyes of God and trust God with the results. Do what is right and trust God with the results. This is, this is not easy. Even, even pastors struggle with this because, because we're human. And because standing out, being different, is hard. 
Being different gets you noticed. Being different can get you persecuted. I have a friend in Dallas. Uh, I met him, and he didn't know I was a pastor. I didn't know he was a pastor. And so I was like, so what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm, I'm a CEO of a 501c3. That, that, is, that is code for I'm a pastor or I, I, I run a not-for-profit organization. Um, and so he was just he was trying to, to say that he did something different because because he wanted to blend in a little bit. He didn't want the conversation to start or to stop immediately because he had said he was a pastor. Uh, we need to not worry when we're persecuted, not worry when we stand out. We need to worry when we're not. We need to take comfort in being uncomfortable. We need to recognize that God has called us to something different, something more, something that, that the world is not expecting, a group of people who are so passionate about Jesus that they don't care what others think about them, what others say about them, how others are, are regarding them in the community, what others do, even if it costs everything. Friends, it's time to get off the bench and get into the game. It's time to ask God to put us in positions and in places where we, by our difference, can bring glory to God. Peter wraps up the, the, the letter that he writes to these churches that are having people murdered and and being persecuted, he wraps up this letter by saying this, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Give your worries, give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you Actually, in other, uh, other translations, it says, cast your cares upon God. And it, it, it's Peter going back to his roots of fishing. It's like the cast net of casting your cares, not just a little, I'm going to toss it in, but instead an intentional casting of your cares upon God. You would throw them uh, with intention so that God can take care of them for you, whether it's finances that you're struggling because you, you're trying to make ends meet or you're struggling because you don't know where, where, how you got in such debt or whatever, cast that upon Christ, whether it's uh, an issue with your child or with an aging parent or with your parents, that you can cast those cares upon God with health. Or maybe you have a presentation for work or for school coming up with your homework, with tests, with your friends, everything. If it's big enough to burden you, for you to care about, it's big enough for you to cast those cares upon God. So after you have suffered a little while, He, God, will restore you, support you, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Peter wraps up 
this letter of encouragement by encouraging them to stand firm in their faith, to not shrink away, even if it costs everything, to stand up for the name of Jesus, for the purpose that that he had called them for, and to share their faith boldly. And my hope and my prayer is that God would be the source of our strength and that he would give us joy in the journey. That we could rely on God, that we could truly, truly experience the ability, the freedom that is in Christ to cast our cares upon God. And and we can trust that God has in mind for us the best and that we can rely on God now and always. Let's pray. Holy One, we need you because this is, this is tough to hear. None of us enjoy persecution. None of us enjoy the concept of being different. But you call us differently. You called us through a suffering servant who gave his life on our behalf. And we receive the gift of your Holy Spirit. And, and, and yet we hesitate when you call us into action. So inspire us now with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Transform us now in the presence of your Holy Spirit. Move us to action. Get us off the bench, God, and send us into your world to be different on behalf of Jesus Christ, no matter the cost, to stand firm in our faith and to trust in you and to share our love for you with others, and to be a beacon of light in a hurting and broken world. Help us in this moment. Help us always to grow in relationship with you, in relationship with one another, so that we can stand firm in our faith and share the good news that we have received, that your life, death, and resurrection has made us new that it has restored our relationship with our Father in heaven, and that we are called to be different. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.